Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome back to a very brief edition of the Stardust Press Podcast. We're going to be talking about a little bit of stuff. Uh, half of the Noah card that happened at Nippon Budokan, which is a pretty good show, actually, not going to lie. Uh, first time I felt good about a Noah show in a long time. Uh, we're also going to talk about two matches from the Sendai Girls show that happened in Corkin because I do not remember much. <laughs> and then we're going to answer some questions. Although you uh, watched the show today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I watched half of it last night. Then I watched the actual import matches today, but I slept way longer than I was planning on because I'm going to another town after I get done recording. So I was like, I mean, <laughs> I had, I usually just have my mother just stop by the bank and just pick up my check that way I don't have to leave the house. But I had to go do that, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to go get coffee, because I'm already angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched the uh, Sunday Girl show last night, but I was watching it at the same time I was watching Noah, and while the um, England women's football team was playing, so I was just like, I was watching three things at once. Yeah, well, you see, Muto, English women football, Sendai, I mean, yeah, yeah you gotta, you gotta do you, you just got to pick and choose, really. Uh, I mean, it was worth it. England won in the end, going to the quarterfinals. So, I mean, the that's, silver lining. <laughs> I mean, that's like the first good thing to happen in the UK in a long time. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to think, I don't think there's really any news need to touch on that we're not going to talk about today. Um, I felt like I felt like there was something, but I just. Don't think there is. Um, trying to think if Dragon Gate did no, because what Dragon Gate did today was uh, well, I guess I'll just talk about it now since we couldn't watch the show because it was on a Bema, and the the belts weren't on the line at Budokan. So, uh, and plus we're not going to talk about that match. But first, let's let's we'll talk about uh, Suzu and Dash and. Hosh and Oscar, since all that kind of ties into the Noah show, not jump around. My brain cell can only take so much. I was really lost then. I thought you meant like Suzu and Dash linked in with the Noah show. Yeah. I was like, were they on the show? <laughs> yeah, they were in the Nosawa Super Crazy RVD Masato oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite ECW originals Rob Van Dam, Masato Tanaka, and Suzu Suzuki. Suzuki probably, dude. She's like, what? She's a year younger than me. There ain't no way she was alive when ECW was going on. <laughs> I've got the fact she's uh, she's nineteen. So yeah, she's a year younger. What year was she born? I I, I don't know. This is a cage match. Joshi's uh, don't have years that they were born. Fair, uh, fair. <laughs> well, does she already have a birthday this year? Because if not, then we're actually the same. I don't. <laughs> I don't think so, so... Okay, then she's probably she... turning 20, so she's probably the same age as me, actually. So she yeah, definitely was no not way. alive yeah, while no, ECW was released. Absolutely not, dude. The, WWE was the only wrestling in 2002, <laughs> okay? That's why Jeff Jarrett had to go... <laughs> oh, dude, Dash was like an 80 in Joshi, so she was around. <laughs> um, but yeah, they had a hardcore match uh, on the uh, Sendai Corkin show, and I guess they just kind of like, yeah, y'all can cheer or whatever, which is crazy... Because <laughs> Rio Saito had to come out, had last the last Dragon Gate Cork and apologize because 
Tori Mon reunion show was also in Cork, and they let fans cheer, and Cork and was not happy about that. <laughs> Crazy what a couple of days can change. <laughs> I know, exactly. They're just like, yeah, you can do whatever, man, sure. Uh, which, to be fair, they didn't tell Cork and they planned on having cheer, and Ultimate Dragon just came out and said, I, I think I want cheering for this match. <laughs> <laughs> So th- uh, this was probably like prearranged. I'm yeah, assuming. yeah, probably so. Uh, which, which I mean, it does add to a lot. It makes the action. Oh my god, I could hear uh, the fucking uh, Leo guy from Stardom in the Sendai <laughs> crowd. Oh my god, I was like, yes, I was like, that's my guy right there. <laughs> I'm glad to know the uh, the Leo guy didn't give up on wrestling. <laughs> I know. I. I I mean, the wife beater guy probably did, but I'm glad the Leo guy's still here after <laughs> Leo retired. Uh, but yeah, this is probably Suzu's most physical match since she's went freelance. Maybe the recent match where they just bled everywhere, but this is probably a close second, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say this is like maybe on the same level as Zero and Takeda match. From I don't Washington. know. I, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't know about the Sarah match, because Sarah was trying to kill this child. She was like, alright. The, the, let me um, tell you, let me show you the, the ropes. Suzu, the Suzu Takeda match, where it was like on Yahoo News, and they were like, this is obscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Suzu was just like, yeah, I just want to be a death match wrestler. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, hell yeah, it's obscene. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love this shit. I die for this shit, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it was you know it's crazy because Suzu doesn't lose a lot since she went freelance, which is shocking because mm-hmm. I figured she'd be the loser of prominence. Uh, which I mean, she lost here to Dash was crazy because Dash will lose to anybody and she does lose to everybody. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, good though. I mean, hopefully it leads to something more in the future and they'll have another one where they can actually kill each other or maybe Dash will just run like the prominence gauntlet. Until she gets to, like, Risa Sarah. That'd be sick. I mean, if she survives to Risa Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Khan is probably the craziest of them, actually. <laughs> when this prominence thing started, I was really surprised that um, Khan Fujita was going to be in it. I wasn't, because she just started to fucking die at the end of her Ice Ribbon run. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true, but, like... Mochi Miyagi's, like, the only one that I was like, huh? Her and Kurumi, actually. I was like, Yeah, right. yeah, her and, her and Kurumi, but Vegeta was kind of like, oh, okay. And then Mochi and Kurumi was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're not Deathmatch wrestlers. Yeah, I mean... But, I mean, it's all paid off. I think they've added new life to the freelance scene. Uh, speaking of Suzu, she became the Regina DeLair champion uh, at uh, Wave because Nozaki has uh, an entry and she's going to be out for a while. So they put Miyuki Takase in the uh, main event against uh, Suzu and Suzu won. So the Regina DeWave champion is going to be in five star. That's pretty sick. Now um, Suzu is definitely not getting any points in that tournament. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> actually, she might. Yumioka is actually on the phone. Fucking threatening Rossi's life as we speak, so she's gonna Yumioka. get all the points. Actually, she's probably gonna win the block. <laughs> Yumioka is uh, the stardom skeleton that's been terrorizing Rossi. <laughs> There's two people that I don't think will ever like Rossi: Yumioka and Aja Kong. <laughs> Aja Kong's definitely never liking Rossi again. I mean, yeah, that's true. But if that stardom skeleton's Yumioka, that's gonna be 
Incredible. I hope it is. With what knee? With what knee? The one that... (laughs) The one that Nozaki lost as well. Dude, that's crazy that the two people injured are both got knee issues. That's sick. She's going to take Nozaki's other knee so she can pull up on Rossi at that Stardom Showcase show. She's actually going to pull up on a crutch. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's a fun match. You should definitely check it out. But uh, speaking, before, first of all, this show is crazy because nobody got their entrance music but Hosh. It was crazy. Uh, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. I was well, like, this put, is beast. We put all of our budget into uh, hiring at Corican. Nobody's getting the entrance music <laughs> except Hosh. Hosh is the only one. Uh, but Shira Hashimoto versus Asuka for the Sendai Girl World Championship. And like I said, I watched this on fast speed. I really need to go back and watch it properly because people were raving about it. And I love both of them. But from what I did, you know, see while it was sped up, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, there are two of my favorite wrestlers, like, alive today. Uh, Hosh is very much uh, for people who don't watch Sendai or haven't seen much of Shira Hashimoto. She's very much a 50-50 wrestler in a sense that there's a 50% chance she's going to go through the motions and probably just dominate the whole match. And then there's a 50% chance that she's actually going to try and have a really, really good match. It's just like a flip of a coin. Depends how she's feeling. Very Shima-like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's actually a great example. Yeah, Shima-like. I think that's, yeah, that's probably the best comparison is like, it just kind of has to feel like it that day. Um, but even like if she's just going through the motions, it's still a really good match. Yeah, that's why I think the Shima comparisons apropos because even though going through the motions, it'll still be good no matter what. Uh, and then, of course, Asuka, she's she's fucking great regardless. It don't matter. Uh, like I said, it, it's not even a joke. She's she's the best. She's the best women's wrestler in the world. She's up there for one of the, for the best wrestler in the world. She's fucking fantastic, and everybody should watch her. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was it was really really good. I if I didn't already see the results, I probably would have thought that Oscar had a chance of winning. Which leading up to the match, I did think she possibly was gonna win. But I mean, come on now, <laughs> come on. I think, now. I, I think even during the match, because it was quite back and forth with you know Oscar getting her spots in and everything. Like mm-hmm. I think there was still a chance, even in the match, even if you didn't know the results, that Oscar still had like a pretty good chance of. Of winning the title, mm-hmm. but even deep down, you knew she wasn't gonna win it. No, they're gonna. You're gonna have to be like. There's gonna have to be somebody set up to take this title from Hosh, and I think it it's might. Be <laughs> probably, but I. I mean, my thinking is she's probably gonna hold it for like another year, and they're gonna wait till Rika Oka comes along, and she's gonna kind of do the thing that Mako did did for her, and kind of set her up as the next ace. Uh, which, I mean, they could definitely move the title to, like, anybody because they're teasing her versus Mizunami coming up. So, I mean, they could fucking swap the title there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, really, really good match. Like I said, Sendai Girls have been on quite a roll this year. I think they've done – they've uploaded a lot of matches to YouTube also, which is fantastic. Smaller Joshi companies need to look into doing that, uh, just airing them for free on YouTube because, I mean, that's how you get free fans. I mean, even if it's not every show, at least do, like, one show yeah. every so often. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a big show. It can just be one of your, like, random, like, Shinjuku face shows. It, something. Uh, it's really smart, uh, which they've uploaded a lot of good matches to their YouTube. So you should definitely go check them out. 
but yeah, that's fucking crazy. Uh, that uh, Hosh is back to back. She went a long period of time of not defending, and now she defended against Oscar, and she's about to defend against Rio Mizunami. And like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, all right, now I'm just gonna defend against everybody. Yeah, that was a title for like a year, like what two years maybe. It's over a thousand days for oh. sure. Oh, it's over a thousand. Like, posted three years then. Yeah. She's just now like, yeah, I'm going to defend the title. <laughs> Which, I mean, I think... I know Scott interviewed her, and I think she kind of, like, alluded to, like, that, you know, the pandemic did kind of ha- hamper her plans to possibly yeah. defend the title, but now she wants to defend it more and more. Which, I mean, that's understandable. Because, uh, I mean, title matches are draws. You... Like, people don't understand. Titles are props in wrestling, but they also take a match to another level. You just put a title match on a card, attendance automatically goes up. So, like, I can understand that. Uh, anyway, uh, so I guess we should get into this Noah show before we get to our questions. Uh, so, what I was going to allude to, so, Peros faced Yoshinari Ogawa in the U.S. of Stinger on this show. And uh, it was supposed to be Chris Ridgway and Ogawa defending against Ida and Kotaro. But they fucking let the fucking bruv with the almond head take the only copy of the title <laughs> overseas. And now he can't get back in till like, August. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, what it, it's probably not going to be able to ship that. So, because we're still, we still can't under- send packages to Japan because of Ukraine. So, <laughs> so understandably so. Ida and Kotaro Suzuki, the number one contenders, are not happy about this. They wanted this match to be a championship decision match to crown new champions because that's kind of the rule. Noah did not do that. So, in this match, they beat the absolute dog shit out of Stinger. Literally, Yususmu got busted open by a Kotaro elbow like two minutes in. (laughs) They came in here with no mercy. (laughs) And the finish was Ogawa tapping to the numero uno, and Ida held it in for, like, five minutes after. He was twisting his fingers with, like, the most disgusting joint manipulation I've seen, and Kotaro was just stomping on his head. Literally, the finish to the match while Ida was locking in the numero uno, Kotaro didn't even try to, like, do moves to Yasusumu. He just gripped him up by the throat and <laughs> held him in the corner. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just choking this poor man. <laughs> yeah, it was a gang beatdown. And then, uh, I don't know who the other dude on English commentary was with Stuart Fulton, but he's kind of not good at his job. <laughs> he was like, I think it's a no contest. No, dude. They're just beating them up after the match. They won already. <laughs> he just, I think it's a no contest. I think he threw the match out in the back of the gra- in the background. Overdrive the Mirage. Fucking Ida's music is blasting. I think it's a no contest. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Shut up. This is why I had the uh, Japanese commentary on. <laughs> well, I wanted to swap to it because they had Kia Mia on for the main event and they had Renee Dupree on for the uh, tag title match. I wanted to hear what both of them uh, want to talk about. So uh, I swapped over to it my second go around. But uh, so Ida grabs the GHC tag title. Him and Kotara pose with it. They take their triangle gate belts and they fucking leave with the belt. So I was like, all right, maybe they'll just give it back. And then the next day, Dragon Gate has a show. It's not televised or anything. Ida has the GHC Junior tag title with him. He fucking stole it and just went away to like Kyoto. <laughs> like, yeah, this is mine now. <laughs> he said, ah, this is ours, bro. And then, uh, so today on uh, the 
Noah Cork and they had a um, what should we call it a Triangle Gate Championship match with High End, uh, and Peros won. And then because I don't miss, and I said this last week, who come to challenge for Kobe World? The three Mochizukis, Masaki, Mochizuki Junior, and Susumu. They come out, they announce their challenge, and they're definitely taking these titles. <laughs> Uh, which is good because uh, I don't know if you've seen the Peros and Natural Vibes match uh, that got put on the network for the Triangle Gate Championships. Really, really good match. The Peros Triangle Gate run this time has been really good. Like any of the Triangle Gate matches they've been involved in, I've enjoyed, although I didn't watch the Stinger match, understandably so. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that they're getting to carry the belts in the Kobe world. So uh, should be good. Interested to see. I mean, it's shit. This is like Mochizuki Jr.'s like first time facing Gita, I think, and definitely his first time facing the other two. So should be interesting. Oh, he's gonna die. Oh no, dude! His dad's in this match. They're gonna take these titles. Tokyo Sports and like, all right, father and son are tag champions. That's all you need to know, or uh, trios champions. Um. Anyway, so uh, on to the stuff we did watch. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so what we did watch was the hardcore tag match, uh, Masai Tanaka and Rob Van Dam, ECW Originals versus uh, Paros, Masawa Rongai, and Super Crazy. No Super Crazy had... also in ECW. Yeah, Nosawa was the only one who wasn't in ECW, but he wishes he was. He comes out with uh, this uh, steel chair he had autographed by Sabu. That, that was and... pretty cool. And then yeah. Rob Van Dam booted it into his face. Yeah, rightfully so. Uh, I love Masato Tanaka when he teams with XCCW guys. He's just so happy to be a part of that. He's just like <laughs> smiling and everything. I love Masato Tanaka. Uh, but this was chaotic and fun as hell. <laughs> like, I already was looking forward to it because I figured it was going to be a fun time. But how much they actually did was crazy. <laughs> this was not a long match at all, but they crammed literally everything they could into it. I, know. I was surprised uh, like how good Rob Van Damme still is, honestly. Because he looks like a corpse, but he doesn't yeah. wrestle like one. No, he, like, uh, so he had a run in Impact, right? And he wasn't, like, very good at all, but to be fair, that's Impact. He's, <laughs> like, actually, when he goes to Japan, he's actually, like, motivated. Like, he even said in his backstage that, like, he doesn't want to be one of those guys coming over here for a paycheck. He he wants to show that, like, I'm, that he's, like, better than he was, like, 20 years ago, which is crazy because, like, I remember, like, reading the interview, like, two years ago. I was like, yeah, I can't even remember my spots in my matches anymore. <laughs> but, no, he's, like, trying his ass off in Japan and, like, shouts out. I mean, he definitely could have just came over here, did the best hits, and just got a payday. But he's out here taking chair shots and everything. No, Sal is over here getting – dude, he's taking unprotected chair shots. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, Sal is going crazy in this match. Dude, no, Sal was having a great year, and I'm tired of people trying to act like he's bad, okay? Just just because you're mad you can't bag Io Shirai doesn't mean you got to put that on No Sal, okay? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the finish of the match, uh, No Sal eventually, he low-blowed Tanaka, and he was gone for something, and then RVD threw the Sabu signed chair at him, and like an idiot. I, you know how many matches RVD has done this in over years and years of wrestling? So Nosal is stupid ass, catches the chair and he gets kicked in the face. <laughs> and uh RVD hits the five star and then uh RVD goes to leave and then Masada was like, We should like shake their hands. Like, oh yeah, true. <laughs> true, man. <laughs> and Nosal was like, Yeah, next time I'm bringing Sabu. 
That I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't either. No, Sabu's like dead. <laughs> I don't want to see Sabu's 900-year-old corpse being like a wheelchair out to the ring. Yeah, I don't either. No, not at all. I don't even think he can walk, can he? He can, but like, eh. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a really fun match, so. Sorry, I had to yawn. Um, yeah, I heard you. I was like, oh, this is me on him. <laughs> so, uh, the match after that, it was the six-man tag with Go Shizaki, Kazuki Fujita, and Takashi Segura versus Katsuhiko Nakajima, Minabu Soya, and Masakatsu Funaki. Every time I watch a Minabu Soya match, like a year shaved off of my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's so uh, much good talent in this match in Minabu Soya. <laughs> Even Funaki's reign as champion, is, he's, like, sucked ass in singles matches, except for, like, like that one Mochizuki match. Even then, he was still doing pretty solid in this match. I will give it to Soya, though. He did not do terrible in this match. But to be fair, that's mostly because, I mean, his opponents are Go Shiozaki, Kazuki Fujita, and Takashi Sagira. <laughs> so. Yeah, you, it's virtually impossible to have a bad match against them. But I will say I don't like Masakatsu's... Um, Gear. It's terrible. We mention this every time. It sucks. <laughs> just wear the trunks and make them red. It's creepy. Why? He's got you eyes on his wore, ass. You could have just wore red trunks. Instead, you're wearing weird cut-up baggy shorts with eyes on your ass. These Looney Tunes ass shorts he's wearing. Like, I don't... <laughs> uh, Why did you decide this? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know, man. The, the Kazuyuki Fujita is bad brigade are objectively wrong. Okay, this dude rules. Uh, this this match was a lot of fun. It was fun to see Go teaming with Fujita and Sagira because, I mean, he doesn't do it a lot. I mean, Sagira, he, he usually did, but, you know, it hasn't teamed with Fujita, I don't think, any since Fujita's came to Noah. So it was fun to see them on a team. And, of course, cool to see Go and Nakajima go at it whenever they can. Very much looking forward to in one victory. One, we'll talk about it later. But I'm very much looking to see Insugi and uh, Nakajima have another singles. I think they were, they were in different blocks last year, so the match is now fresh again because they used to face each other like all the time <laughs> every year. But uh, it's now fresh again, so I'm ready to see what they can do, especially with the year that Sugi's having. Uh, I love the finish of this match because Nabusoya thought he was going to take down Kazuki Fujita with a lariat. Fujita blocks it with a lariat, then fucking slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Fujita fucking rocks. I love this dude. Uh, and we, dude, the powerbomb was crazy. <laughs> he, he put Manabu Soli in the dirt. <laughs> he powerbombed him. Pinned him long dick style and won. <laughs> oh, this is my guy right here. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what type of N1 that Fujita has because the block he had last year, he only had like three wrestlers and it was like Kitamiya, Funaki, and Saito. So like I'm interested to see what he'll do on his block too whenever we talk about it. So uh same thing with all of these. Go did uh get a minor neck injury at today's show, I believe. So he's missing the next month of shows, I believe, to as a precaution. I don't know if he'll miss in one because I haven't said he will. So hopefully I he'll be back so. for that. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back for that. Um I mean, hopefully he is, because I just know they're going to replace him with, like, fucking Stallion Rogers. Shut up. <laughs> I already got lots of complaints about Enomore and Kenya not being in this tournament. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a really fun tag match. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, 
after that it was uh, the Kajimuto retirement road match against Kaito Kiyomiya. This Shockingly, I didn't hate this. This was really good. This is easily to me Kaito Kiyomiya's best performance of his career. Yeah, that's true. And here's why. So he for a very long time he was a does moves guy. Uh, when he was champion, he was just kind of like young gays, no real direction because uh, they hadn't been purchased by Cyberfight until like he was getting ready to lose the title. So it was really no clear direction what they're going to go with him. Uh, and since then, his matches just have been meaningless. When, unless he's facing like Muto or in a title match, his matches have no meaning and most of them don't turn out good at all. And he's just clueless. He's very much who's I guess a good comparison could be current go whenever he's not champion where he has no direction or identity without being in a title match or like facing Muto. Yeah. And so like his matches are just just don't do it for me personally. But in this one he finally looked like a competent main eventer that could carry a match. This was very obviously a Muto style laid out match. Just from the way this match was laid out, it was definitely a Muto layout. Um, which, I mean, although Muto's, like, you know, broken down, and he's, like, about to die or whatever, he's very much a pro wrestling genius. Like, he understands what needs to be done. And for what it's worth, he tried his hardest in this match to get Kaito over. Uh, and that's just my opinion. You know, people can have whatever opinion they want, but that's just my opinion on that. Uh, literally every time he went for the dragon screw leg whip, Kaito had a counter for it. It was really, really good psychology. Muto had a fight just to land the first dragon uh, screw leg whip. And uh, they went back and forth. Muto hit a top rope Frankensteiner, which is crazy. That uh, scared me. <laughs> me too. Uh, I, also, I actually watched this match in Japanese commentary. Uh, like when he was up on the top rope, like Liger like screamed at him like, like encouragement from the commentary table and like screaming into the headset and he finally landed it. I was like, Oh, that's, that's nice. Um, it was like crazy. Uh, but eventually they get to a point. Muto, he goes for the final shining wizard screams, motherfucker. Kaito blocks it. <laughs> he grabs the leg. He locks him in the figure four and uh, eventually drags him back out to the middle. And Muto looks at the ref. He says, okay. And he, verbally submits and then kind of just laid there for a second muto's trying was just like sitting there waiting for the ref to untie his legs from kaito because kaito's just laid there <laughs> so <laughs> he's just like oh, i need my legs untied and, you know people said this is the part where muto took away from kaito's moment which i don't agree with because muto mm. was leaving the ring and kaito chased after him as to like bow to him as a sign of respect thing Kaito didn't need to do that. He was leaving the ring so Kaito could have his moment, you know, victorious in the ring, standing, you know, on his own. But he went after Muto and wanted to bow to him. And Muto, you know, pat him on the back and all that. That's why I don't see that Muto took anything from him because he was trying to give him his moment. But Kaito's so respectful with seniors, he went and chased after him. Um, and then in the uh, backstage, uh, Muto said, I intended on retiring a strong KG Muto, so it's frustrating that I lost here today, but. Uh, as a reward to Kaito for beating me, uh, he can have my dragon screw leg whip, my figure four, and the shining wizard. I'm giving them to him. Uh, which I mean, that is crazy. That's like all his moves that he still does. <laughs> That's like, 
which is really nice. I don't think he's going to give away the moonsault to anyone because Sonata does it. So that, I think that's Sonata's move. Um, I mean, all he really needs to give away now is just his rust holds. That and motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I hope Kitamiya gets motherfucker. That'd be sick. <laughs> 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 Which, uh, uh, Mia only becomes the third person in Noah with the direct win over Muto. The first one was Kitamiya in the lead up to their title match. The second one was Marfuji when in the GHC heavyweight title match, and then he's the third. So that's that's big. Yeah, I mean, at least it shows that, like, Kaito's gonna get something in the long run eventually. Like, yeah. he'll, he'll probably become a, a more well-rounded ace in the future. Yeah. He needed to have this match to take that next step as a well-rounded ace because this was a Muto layout. He now has the IQ passed down from Muto. This was a match where Muto was giving everything beyond wrestling to Kaito. Uh, IQ, match layout, all that. He's got all that now, so now it's, like Muto said, it's up to him to now decide the future with whatever he does, so... Uh, really, really good match for Nippon Budokan. Definitely their best singles match against one another. Um, interested to see how the rest of Muto's retirement road uh, plays out. Hope Kitamiya gets involved in it somehow because he did have Muto's best Noah match, and also he really likes Kitamiya, but Noah doesn't. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, if anything, this was like the first Muto match in ages I didn't hate. So. Mo- definitely first Mudo singles match since the Kitamiya match that I didn't hate because I didn't mind his tag stuff with Marfuji. I thought they went really well. Uh, except for the match that, of course, had Manabu in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, really good match. To It's crazy that, that uh, I think it was the tag title match had to follow this, but luckily they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, the tag title decision match for the mm-hmm. Belts that were vacant, uh, Hideki Suzuki and Tomita Thatcher versus Masaki Tamiya and Yoshihi Amora, which weren't the original opponents. It's crazy, because I actually did hit a lick for some protein powder this week. So. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, uh, wrestlers are stupid, so they'd be stealing. So, uh, which is fine, because we weren't originally going to watch this match, and the match that we did get to watch was fucking fantastic. So glad Inamora got put in here. Uh, Randy Dupree was on English commentary and he was fantastic during this match because uh, Stewart we know isn't a big wrestling guy like he's he's a fight announcer but he kind of can piece together what he needs to to make become like a good announcer because he's a good announcer mm-hmm. that's just what he does the guy that's with him is not smart whatsoever so having Renee out here for this match especially was fantastic he was he was like a tier on this like he uh told like stories of uh timothy thatcher paying his dues in like 2008 when they met in england and like living in a ring truck talking about how powerful inamora is uh how strong kitami is and how just how great of a wrestler that hideki suzuki is with his technique and all that just fantastic i just want to put over his commentary for that and uh this match was really really good it was uh of course power versus technique that's really was the layout for this match and it was fantastic Kadeki suzuki is such a world-class wrestler it's actually insane <laughs> it's so it's so weird to me that um hideki suzuki and timothy thatcher were in nxt at the same time and none of them thought to put them as together as a tag team or have to wrestle and then you put Hideki suzuki didn't wrestle at all 
Well, yeah, that's true. He was just a trainer. And then he was kind of just the guy that stood around Diamond Mine. That was sick, though, because he actually was training Diamond Mine, and he was beating the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. But, like, they make such a great tag team. Yeah, Hideki Suzuki is so, so good. Like, I heard for... translate to Julia, but... Yeah, yeah, she's just not a good learner. He's, like, so good. I really love the, like, little spot where he had the cravat locked in on Inamura, and Inamura tried to power out of it, and he went to swing. Suzuki just let go of it, and when he swung, he just got him right back in it. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, I love that. But, of course, whenever he's in a match, he's always going to be the standout. Masaki Tamiya, the fucking guy. Love this dude. He came in, and he was just going crazy. He was... The- I love the spot with... uh the spots with him and Timothy Thatcher, because, like, I believe this is one of the... I mean, they face off in preview tags, but this is the full Masakita Mia experience that Timothy Thatcher hasn't been able to get. So he's in the prison lock, and uh, Timothy Thatcher, of course, he's a technician, so he's trying to figure out how to get out of it. But the thing is, when you're in the prison lock, Masakita Mia's got you for three minutes. He grabs him by his ears and fucking headbutts him as hard as he can. And I was like, yeah. And then, See, this is why I'm glad uh, Thatcher and Kitamiya are going to face each other in the N1 tournament. Yeah, he's, he's got to experience the full Masakitamiya. He's only gotten samples, servings. Masakitamiya is the guy. I I say this all the time. He's probably, I think he's the best wrestler in Noah by far. He's, he's so good. Uh, there's not many power wrestlers with genuine emotion that flows out to them in matches than Masakitamiya. I don't think there's anybody that comes close, really. Uh, Hideki Suzuki had to like come in to break up, but uh, the finishing stretch was between Hideki Suzuki and Inamura, and it was fantastic. Inamura looked like he was so close to winning the match, and he had him for the Muso, but Hideki Suzuki had to like desperately elbow him in the back of the head repeatedly till he got to the mat, and even then he was still elbowing him because he was like desperate, and then locked him in the uh, little choke and got the win. So it was a really, really good finish, really good match actually. Uh, Hideki Suzuki and Timothy Thatcher win the GAC tag titles. Uh, and then Hideki Suzuki, the fucking man, he flips off Inamora out of the match. <laughs> this is my guy right here. <laughs> uh, got anything to add? I mean, I just hope that they get a, a decent tag title run. I think the past couple of heavyweight champions haven't really had anything going for them. <laughs> so. Yeah, last ones that got a good run was uh, Muto and Marfuji, but to be fair, I don't think their run was supposed to end anytime soon, so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hopefully these two get a like pretty decent run, but we'll, we'll see. Um, are we going to talk about the junior, the junior, ti- uh, junior title match? Yeah, sorry about that. We're <laughs> what? What are you talking about? about? Um, I said, are we going to uh, talk about the junior title match? Nah. So basically, Hayata won, and Suji Kondo came out and said, What's up, bitch? Let me challenge for that title. And that's all you need to know. Suji Kondo is like the least looking junior. He's a former junior champion. Seen. What do you mean? He's, He's like. built like a tank. <laughs> yeah, and so what? He's <laughs> like. The size of fucking Masakita Mia. <laughs> Don't you fucking stomach shame over here, Ben. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. Got one. 
<laughs> if he beats Suji Kondo, I think I'm going to give up on this Noah Jr. division. <laughs> well, he has to. I want to see Hayato versus Chris Ridgeway. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the main event, it was the heavyweight title match between Satoshi Kojima and Kano. Fucking fantastic. So no, Satoshi Kojima is probably going to be wrestler of the year. He's got more of a wrestler of the year claim right now than anybody in the company he actually works for. So, <laughs> which is insane because he was just the, working the undercard tags. <laughs> I can't believe that New Japan were just like, yeah, Kojima, go over to Noah, just you know, do something for a bit, and he's just completely wiped out their entire roster, made them yeah. completely foolish for keeping him just in by... undercard tags just because. Just by having a one match title reign. There was literally like what a month, two months. He was in Noah for two months, and every time he had a match worth talking about. Not only that, but unlike anybody in New Japan, really outside of like the guys like Naito and Tanahashi who are actually in the dojo and all that, not only has Kojima like been delivering in the ring outside of the ring, he's putting over the young guys as much as he can and you know trying to talk up Noah to everybody really uh which is very different from quite a few of the champions they've had in the past so insane this dude was working undercard tag matches while we're getting El Fantasmo as a heavyweight it's fantastic that <laughs> New Japan's so fucking stupid um but thank you for being stupid because Kojima is about to have a wrestler of the year run so thank you uh him versus Kano was great I love this match because they were just going at it. Kano is such a little shit, and Kojima is an old man who will not tolerate this disrespect. <laughs> I It really boggles me how the next generation of indie wrestlers are just going to be doing weird action movie cutter spots when Kojima is literally like one of the best wrestlers ever, and he just does DDT, one cutter, and lariats. <laughs> yeah, why are you trying to do like a backflip spinning tornado quarter when you could just Totalizing somebody really hard. Exactly. <laughs> That's the shit I'll live for. Uh, but, you know, crazy enough, uh, they actually went with Kano here, and Kano actually won the championship, which, I mean, that's cool. It was a big surprise, because I didn't think he'd actually win it. I didn't want Kojima to have a zero defense run, because I definitely think he deserved more than that. But, at the same time, if he's going to stick around, it's fine. There'll be other stuff for him to do. That and well, you think Kojima's gonna complain about not like defending the title? No, he's gonna make a series of sad tweets, and that's all. <laughs> I mean, that's so what he I'm did. That's gonna be like, damn, that's sad. I'm gonna go eat a loaf of bread now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kano, he won the match, and he said he thanks Satoshi Kojima, although he like kind of shit on him <laughs> up until the match. He was like, uh, it was like thanking him, uh, you know, celebrate it. This is his second run with the title, uh, so hopefully he'll get a long one. Afterwards, Kojima was just like, yeah, uh, thank you for letting me live my dream for the past three months. Uh, I'm going to go now. And this led to every Noah fan in Japan saying, please come be in the end one. Don't go. <laughs> uh, he gaslighted the fuck out of everybody because, of course, he was in the end one. <laughs> uh, but really good show. You should you should check it out. It's on Wrestle Universe. Um, let's get to our questions. You know, I'll... I'll go on over to our questions. I have to pull up the post right quick. 
So basically, we asked for questions because uh, we were going to watch The Great Show, and that kind of fell through because they just posted it today, and we changed our recording day because I'm going out of town to another town for a moment for like a day. But uh, anyway, into our questions. First off, Ash asked, why is Miyuki Takase the greatest of all time? And then I asked him, which one? Because there's like fucking five of them. <laughs> so uh, he said the Phoenix, and I don't know... If he meant Ray Phoenix, but I'm going to assume he means the real one. Yeah, I'm assuming the, the real one, Miyuki mm-hmm. Kase. Uh, Miyuki is the goat. That is why... Well, one of her trainers is Leon, so of course she's dead. Yeah, and, you know, she's a part of the Nomad's girlies, so... Exactly, that's all you need to know. That and, like, she's just... I don't know. I, I don't know, she's she just a... She gold dust move. That too. But also, like, she's just a different... She's just a wrestler. She's a wrestler that can fit in any era. There's a lot of those around today in multiple companies, but she's definitely one of those wrestlers you can stick in any era, and she fits. That's just one of the most special things about her, so... And you know what? She doesn't, like... I was gonna say she doesn't do much, but she she does, but if you know what I mean. Like... Mm -hmm. They don't have a wrestling, Mm -hmm. like, title matches all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's still really good. You can just put her in a title match if you wanted to. Yeah, she just does she whatever. Win, but... She'll give it her all, but you can throw her in an undercard match and she's going to go crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, give her a like five-minute match, 20-minute match. It's going to be worth watching. I mean, that's all. That's really all the explanation you need. Uh, Mark Randall asked, I started watching Dragon Gate a couple months ago, and my favorite unit is Natural Vibes. Isn't everybody's? Uh, what are each member's best match? Okay. I mean, I'll answer first because I only like one of them, and it's my favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> fucking simp, man. Alright, go ahead. <laughs> Don't call me a simp, but anyway. Um, obviously, best match uh, Casey has. Anyone against Shun Skywalker, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so, assuming that you want singles, uh, because if you're talking about it as a unit, you have to watch the two Triangle Gate matches uh, Natural Vibes had this year with uh, Strong Machine J, KZ and UT versus Peros, and the uh, UT, KZ, and Jackie versus Gold Class match from Champion Gate and Osaka. You have to watch those. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Casey, the Shin Skywalker one's good because it's free on YouTube from uh, Kobe World where he took the monkey flip off the uh, apron. Uh, but also watch the Pog Championship match from a few years ago and the Masaki Mochizuki Championship match from uh, his first Dreamgate Challenge when he was in Tribe Vanguard. Uh, UT... Mm, it's, diff- it's difficult for UT because he's evolved like so much as a wrestler over the years like a UT match from like two years ago and now is like completely different wrestler so it's like it's difficult but out of recent memory him versus SBK for the Brave Gate in Nagoya was uh, pretty good uh, but also hmm, hmm. Uh, he had this Brave Gate challenge against Okuda last year, which I thought was Okuda's best championship defense uh, from Dead or Alive. You should definitely seek that out. Uh, UT's fantastic. Uh, Jackie, definitely either of the two SBK championship matches uh, from last year, the one in uh, 
Kobe Sambo Hall and the one in Corican. Uh, Jason. Mm, Jason's hard because I can't really highlight many of his singles matches. Mm, uh, the one he had against KZ last year in King of Gate was really good. You should definitely watch that one. Uh, Jay, Jay is hard because he's been hurt so much, so he hasn't really had a true chance to shine in the single setting. So it's kind of hard for me to pick one for him. Uh, Shimizu, really, any like the match he had against Kai earlier this year, fantastic. Literally, watch any Shimizu singles match, really, he's really, really good. So, uh, but definitely watch the Kai title match because it's a different Shimizu match than most of the other matches he's had in natural vibes because he's like in kill mode uh but... oh i'm the one he had up against hibiscus me oh yeah that too watch that one <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 just trust us you just gotta watch that one yeah uh so other beth asked why is medium tetsu aka tetsu naito such a dingus well uh if you ask yujiro it's because he's a little bitty fucking virgin <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, Naito just wants to watch the car. I don't even think he cares about wrestling that much. Yeah. This man only cares about, like, baseball and his knee knee not falling apart. He cares about baseball and, like, wrestling his friends. I don't really think he cares about the New Japan (laughs) expansion. (laughs) And also making fun of Bushi Road, because, I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I'll answer this one. Mask asks, why is Zeus bald? You don't know who Zeus is, but, uh, He's bald now, and it's 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 sad. I don't know why he decided to shave. He had beautiful hair. I don't know, man. Uh, okay. So Scott asked a series of questions. So one favorite Jungle Key on a match. Uh, this I have, is. I have two. Okay, I'll go first because this is okay. I feel one... like we might have the same though. No, I'll go. I'll go. I'll only do <laughs> one. No, actually, I'll do two. I'll do two, two to match you. So, uh, one, her and Konami versus uh, Team Sendai, Miyagi, and uh, Big U. Uh, I think it was in a Korokin. It was uh, the first goddess defense for uh, Kionami. Uh, Miyagi and Kiona were kind of like having a hoss battle all the way to the title match, and it was really good. Uh, honestly, all of ten- Team Sendai's tag, to- uh, not tag title matches, but tag matches are really good. It sucks that they only got like less than a year together. Um, also, the Momo white belt match where Momo, her and Momo just had a world class match, and then Momo got Kiona's family in the ring and said, fucking clap for me right now. <laughs> 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 to be fair, that was going to be uh, one of my favorite matches as well. Mm-hmm. The um, Kiona and Momo match. Mm-hmm. But my other favorite Kiona match, also a tag match, uh, maybe a little controversial, but Kiona and Konami, when they lost the tag belts to B and Jamie. I didn't watch that match, so I mean, you were fair. <laughs> exactly why it's like controversial, but I don't know why. I just really. Just well, really Jamie like and Kiona are really good against each other. So yeah. That's fair. Probably that. Like, anytime Kiona and Jamie had a match that was great, I hope they have another match maybe on AEW Dark because I know Kiona's doing a Yeah, America her America tour. tour. Hopefully, but yeah, I don't know hopefully. why. I just, you know, the the bruvs just did it for me. Not often know. I'd praise a B Priestley match, but that was a good one. Well, what did Evan Poitras your favorite wrestler? So that's understandable. 
so why should fans check out Dragon Gate? So Hot Man. <laughs> yeah, that's so that actually ties into one of the things I was gonna say. So first off, there's no company better set up for the future than Dragon Gate. Literally no company. They are more than willing to invest everything they have into their young talent and are doing so right now. The rookies maybe get like a year to adjust and then they're thrown into something big. For Mino Rita, he didn't even get a year. He got like a couple months. And he's already in gold class and he's doing a bunch of stuff. So like, there's no company better equipped for the future than them. They have fantastic wrestling. Hmm? To me, that's how it should be though. Yeah, I don't think you need to give your rookies like five years to get into anything. Yeah, but it's kind of a tradition thing in Japan where they people want to follow those customs. But Dragon Gate doesn't really see it that way. They're a different company, and of course they have fantastic wrestling. But also, um, to what Beth said, they are like the only company I know, even if you count Joshi too, that has willingly came out and said, our main target audience is women, and we want more female fans. We want more than men. We want, like, 90%. So you don't really get a wrestling company who's willing to... Even with DDT, who does all these photo shoots and caters to uh, women, even then, they didn't come out and say, oh, we just want female fans because they're still, you know, doing whatever. Dragon Gate has made no mistake about it. That's where their majority audience is, and that's the audience they'll continue to go after i think that's a good like niche to have though because Mm -hmm. i think now more than ever women are getting more into wrestling Mm -hmm. i mean especially in japan because you're seeing a lot of these like young girls at least from the stories that like people like tam have said where like these young girls are coming to shows and saying oh i want to be a wrestler as well and then you find out even more and more women are saying oh yeah i'm going to wrestling because of dragon gate like yeah, even Natsu said that. Natsu, Saya, literally most of the stardom rosters said it. Like, it's that's just the type of pool they have into making people want to become wrestlers. Even not even just guys, because a lot of, they travel to small cities who don't get wrestling and end up getting a trainee from there somehow because they came to their city and they want to return to Dragon Gate as a wrestler in their own city. But they're not only inspiring guys; they're also inspiring girls to go become wrestlers. So. I think that's also the biggest thing for them. So, uh, best Keiji Muto match uh, all time. Mm. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Especially because I, mean... I have a recency <laughs> biased with uh, the Masa matches and the Kaito match, but under the under the Keiji Muto gimmick, I'll probably say like Masa. Yeah. I don't know, because I don't watch many old KG Muto matches often, or many old match- matches in general I don't watch. Um, I mean, I do, I'm just not looking for Kaiji Muto matches. Yeah. Uh, he's not my favorite wrestler in the world, but <laughs> I will say that I did like his match against Masa, and the recent one against Kaito. Yeah. Sorry. Can't remember. I think I can't remember if it was Hashimoto or Kawada. He had a really good match. I think it was early two thousands, uh, while he was in All Japan. They had a really good. No, I, no, it was Tenryu. So him and Tenryu had a really good match in All Japan that I recommend. I I can't remember what the exact date is, but they had a really really good match. Uh, so probably that one. 
Uh, what is one match everyone should check out from this year? Um, hmm. Oscar versus Shuri. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, I have two, so I would say either Rio Mizunami and uh, what, what was it? Was it Miyuki Takase versus Rina Yamashita and Mayuki? I think those were oh, the teams. Oh yeah. Uh, from Nomads, and also, mm, probably the, uh, actually, probably the Imanari and Kenoka match from uh, Ganpro in the main event. Uh, just because the atmosphere was so good, I, I, I think I, I would pick those two. I'll add, Most... I'll add a wild card mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we haven't spoke about this on the podcast, I don't think, but um, Daniel Garcia versus John Moxley. I really like that match. No, we don't talk about AEW often. But <laughs> also because I'd have no energy to watch it because I'm like, none of my guys I like are getting pushed, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch it that much, but like, I did, I did really like that match, to be fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think those two matches that I suggested are just a sign of progress from where we were two years ago when the pandemic was just beginning. So I'd probably go those. Uh, this is yeah. a year of healing, and I think those are the, probably the best two to define that. Now, he said, who would you have when... Go the blocks right here. So, uh, uh, then, uh, one victory tournament. Uh, uh, so, so, in the A block. block. First of all, I'm just going to go ahead and get my first charge out of the way. Bullshit, Yoshiki, no more. And can you... If they are not pushed within the next year, they should leave Noah. Okay. Now that I've got that out the way. <laughs> In the A block, we have the GHC heavyweight champion Kano, Kazuki Fujita, Goshi Ozaki, Masato Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, GHC tag champion Hideki Suzuki, Anthony Green, and Ohio Day Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, and Blee Block. Uh, Blee Block? B Block. Blee Block. Uh, yeah, we have the national champion Masakatsu Funaki, Kaito Kiyomiya, uh, Kasuko Nakajima, Takashi Sugira, Masakita Miya, Satoshi Kojima, JC Tag Champion Timothy Thatcher, and my pick, Sublime All the Time, <laughs> Jack Morris. <laughs> that's my pick. My, that's who I would have win in one victory. <laughs> that's uh, no, that's my pick. That's who I would have win in one. Jack Morris. Give it all to the uh, hundred overall core from uh, WWE. Dude, 2K no, 16. you seen that picture of him in that like football stadium? He dresses exactly like my call on WWE 13. I had to load up WWE 13 to make sure I wasn't tripped, and that's exactly what my call wore. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to look him up on Google because I literally, I didn't know who it was, and I sent it to one of my friends. I was like, "Who is this?" And he's like, "Oh, he's a Scottish wrestler." His... I was talking with Alicia from a kickout, <laughs> and she was like, "Every match card that has Jack Morris on it looks fake." <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the um, the block announcement, I saw it and I thought, surely that's not like a a real wrestler. Yeah, I thought that was a lie. <laughs> uh, okay, so first off, I would not have had him in this tournament if you want to put a foreigner over there when you have Rene Dupree. I would not do that, but that's just me. Um, secondly, the B block, if you count. If you take away Jack Norris or whatever his name is, uh, insanely stacked block. That's something. But also, A block is also really good. So it's like, eh, really good tournament overall. Who would I have win? 
Masaki Demian. <laughs> okay, and here's why. Kano just won the title. He's going to get a long run. So I wouldn't have Kaito win because he should be the next champion. I don't know if Katsu would 3P. Also because I think that ideally friction with him and Masakatsu Funaki leading to a national championship match is something that I would look into. Uh, Kojima is just champ. Sugira can get a championship match whenever he wants. Uh, in A block, not really anybody who needs to win the tournament. Especially because they're in the block with Kano, so if they want a title match, they can just beat them. So, I don't think there's anybody who needs to win this tournament more than Masa, because he needs something uh, to push him up into that main event level even more. Uh, he's not won a singles title this year. He hasn't won one ever. He went to the N1 finals once when it was like only like eight people in the tournament. Uh, him and Kano have history because he left Congo. He would be a good first defense, but also him winning this tournament would not make him look like a total jobber when he does lose to Kano because he will have been the best out of all these wrestlers. So that's who I would have win. I mean, obviously, I'd love to say Timothy Thatcher because he's amazing and my favorite wrestler. However, I'm not going to lie, I'd have to agree with you that I think Massa should win it because it just makes the most sense out of everybody that's in the tournament. This is going to be Kano's first challenger, so it just makes the most sense to me. Yeah, so you may as well just get this out of the way, have Massa win the N1 victory, and then have him lose to Kano because it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Give him something. <laughs> Please. Especially since he's in the block with Nakajima. If he beats Nakajima to get to the finals, perfect. Set him up. Uh, I feel like okay. if he does beat Nakajima, that's definitely him going to win the tournament. Yeah. Uh, also, a random Masakita Mia fact. I was listening to English commentary and Katsuki Mia was talking. Uh, Masakita Mia, best Chanko in the dojo. Let's figure that out. I was like, yeah. Akira Hokuto had oh, him yeah. whipping up that Chanko in Diamond Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so now to Alex's two questions. I'll go with this one first because the last one uh, involves five star. We'll talk about the blocks and because really haven't had a talk to really haven't had a chance to talk about five star and break it down. So first, with Kadani Thongshed at NJPW's Young Line system, do you ever see them changing up that system and pushing people right out the gate more? No, no and here's why: <laughs> if Kadani wanted that changed, he would have said something, but he's so focused on global expansion that Gato is just pushing all these foreigners over their young talent. When you are being bullied week in and week out by native and JPW wrestlers who will help at the dojo because you won't push young talent or urge the booking committee to push the young talent, that's all you really need to know. So I don't see that happening. Uh, like I said, I was talking about Master Wado because uh, I was watching a new, a new Japan show uh, and I was watching a Master Wado Why? match, and I'll, I'll, had some match on it. I don't know what it was, but I know he had a match on it. And I like Master Wado because he was, like, one of my favorite young lines. And I was like, he's so good for being, like, 24, but he's going to spend the re – he should be the next junior ace, but he's going to spend the rest of his, like, 20s jobbing out to whatever balding 30-year-old they come bring into this division. <laughs> so uh, I think that's less – the thing is, I don't think it's the young line system's fault. This system has produced guys like Naito, like uh, well, Okada was trained elsewhere, but he was retrained here. 
uh, Tanahashi, Okan, like Goto, Taguchi, all guys like like this system has produced good to great wrestlers. I don't think it's a systems problem. It's just a problem with they feel the need to send them on excursion for like two years, and whenever they do get back, they're not pushed. Oka's the best example. Came back, he had a really good G1 last year, and now he's like third guy in the unit behind Cobb and Osprey. So, sounds like less of a young line system problem, more of a they need to push people problem and not worry so much about their global expansion because they have a U.S. branch and they can push them over there. So, Yeah, it's like, to me, Kidani would rather cut off his nose despite his face type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. You can talk shit about the young line system as much as you like, but at the end of the day, it's kind of your fault because you're, you're the one who's like... You can tell them, hey, push your younger this. guys. <laughs> yeah. You're like, the one with you... direct contact to the president of or the person that is running wrestling operations for you, and you can tell them push young talent, and you don't. You just want to make yeah. money, and you think that all these foreign wrestlers are going to do that for you, so that's on you. Yeah, like, I get it. Like, they want to expand as a global brand, but you're, you're not going to get anywhere far if you trying to rely on Okada. Okada's already like in his mid-30s. Half dead and not caring. <laughs> Naito is 40, and he's already said he doesn't have long love. Okada, uh, Tanahashi's like 45. So, like... And the thing is, the, he's he may see it as a minor criticism, Kadani, but like I said last week, these native wrestlers are taking this personally because they help train these guys in these dojos. They take great pride in helping these guys learn the ropes. Like, if you uh, read... So I read Tanahashi's Aces High. Uh, He talked... Like, whenever he had a... I was reading one about uh, where he was talking about No Limit, Naito and Yujiro when they were attack team, when they were juniors and heavyweight. He talked about... He talked to great lengths about loving both of them and training them and all that. They take great pride in doing this. So this is a slap in the face to them if you're criticizing that. So... That's yeah, just maybe, maybe use your brain. Yeah, maybe just push the guys. But uh, I don't think they'll ever properly push people out the gate, especially with their continued global expansion and that becoming more of a destination for foreign wrestlers. So I doubt it. Yeah, uh, I think from now on they're probably just going to stick with pushing the foreign wrestlers over the native wrestlers. Probably so. That's just probably how it's going to go. I mean, it is what it is, but whatever. Uh, so, last question that Alex asked. Who will be the five-star MVP? And I told you to get the blocks because I do not remember who was in this tournament. Yeah, that's fine. There's like 500 people in this tournament. Uh, the Blue Stars block, we've mm-hmm. got Mayu Watani, Julia, Starlight Kid, Mayu Watanabe, Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa, Suzu Suzuki. That absolute unit. Um, what's the name? Amy? Amy Sori. Yeah. Mirai, uh, Hanan, the gorilla one. Um, <laughs> gorilla. Oh, Saida. Um, Saida, yep. And uh, Hazuki. I've not even been drinking. I don't know why. I can't remember her name. And um, in the Red Stars block, we've got Tam Nakano, Yutami Haishisa, Azumi, Kagome, Tekla, Yunagi Sayaka, Saki, Riza Sarah, 
Mai Sakurai, Saki Kashima, Himeka, Maika, and Shuri. Also, Sai Kamatani's in the blue blue block. I forgot to mention that. So MVPs. Um, I feel like Saki. the. I feel I feel like the obvious answer is Suzu. Yeah. But I don't like obvious answers, so I've got two. Okay. Saki Kashima because she's a fantastic wrestler and doesn't get to show oh, it often. She does it every single year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other one, I'm gonna go left field, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Hanan. Uh, because Hanan has had a really good future reign, and I'm, I think she's really getting there as a wrestler, and I think in a block with all these talented wrestlers, she's really going to get a chance to shine. So, those are my two picks. Yeah, I definitely think Hanan can have, like, a breakout tournament. Yeah, I'm not looking for people who's going to score a lot of points because they are expected to be good. I'm looking toward the people who have something to prove in who could come away. Like last year with Mina Shirakawa having a really, really good five-star. Uh, I'm looking for people like that who are going to break out and do some crazy shit. So. Yeah, I mean, my pick, obviously Saki, uh, not Saki Kashima, the, just the single name Saki mm-hmm. uh, for the Red Stars. I think she's now she's going into stardom, I think a lot more people are taking notice of her. So I think this will definitely be one where she can have a really good match with probably most people on on the in the block, maybe yeah. apart from Sakurai and Yanagi, but even uh, then, I think they could be good matches. Risa Sarah could also have a good one. Uh, one who a wrestler, two wrestlers actually who need to have good ones is probably Poi and Micah, and here's why. I was gonna say um Poi is my, my blue star pick. Okay. Alright. But Poi is about to be in a top position and she's been the main focus of stardom for the past month. She's gotta perform well in this tournament. Uh Micah is one of the one of the cases of lost hope in stardom. She hasn't had a chance to get a proper singles program outside of Utami. And hasn't gotten any chance to actually move up the rankings. She's always behind at least two people in her unit. Uh, she's really got to give a good, good performance in this tournament. Or there might be no hope for her as Hameka has came along and become really good in the past year or so. Uh, it's It's half on stardom and people can say, oh, they're just not pushing her. That's true. She hasn't been given any true chance to shine, but she's also got to deliver. You can only go so far being the stone-faced killer person as a as a wrestler. With you got to add layers to your character. Got to add something. So, I mean, as well, I think someone to look out for. I already know she's a good wrestler, but I think Hazuki will be really interesting to see because obviously she's not. I think she could win five star. Yeah, I think she could. But she's not been in a five-star since 2019. Mm-hmm. And she and almost went company, to the final that year. Yeah. And the, the company is completely different at this point. Because I don't oh, yeah. think, apart from Mayu, Momo, and Kid, maybe, I don't think anybody else was in that five-star. 
the last time she was in it. Azumi. At least in the blue block. I know in her block, oh yeah, in the blue block, yeah. Then yeah. Yeah, in in the blue block, I think it was only Mayu, Kid, and Momo that were in it. I believe so. Because overall, because like, the rest. The whole... Oh wait, no, uh, Saki was in it because that was oh, the uh, yeah. Hannah Hannah block. Yeah. Because that was the Hannah block because they uh, were building yeah. to Hannah versus Momo, and uh, uh, Saki yeah. beat her in like nine seconds. <laughs> you know what? I can't wait till Saki beats Shuri in like seven seconds. <laughs> Dude, that's me actually great. And I feel like that might actually happen because Saki recently was just like, um, I don't want to be in this anymore because I don't want to fight Shuri. So I really think that Saki is going to get her five second win against Shuri in this in this tournament. It's good. She should be red belt champ. That'd be sick. She's going to beat Shuri in five seconds, get a red belt title match, be pushed like 30 minutes and then lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but I yeah. think I think this is Hazuki's to win. Yeah, definitely think so. It's it feels like they're gonna go Julia, but I would go Hazuki. <laughs> I would go Hazuki. <laughs> Please, I don't want another Julia Shuri match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, what is but this, uh, TJPW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, actually, yeah, because they run these matches like six times a month. So yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, but um. Shouts out to Scott and Alex clutching up with some good questions and everybody who gave us some questions because they got us over the hump big time. Uh, yeah. Bailed us out. So next week, uh, we'll kind of figure out what we, we're going to watch. We haven't really looked at the schedule, mostly because it's pretty quiet right now. Um, Everybody's gearing def- up for tournaments now. Definitely, so. for sure, we are going to watch uh, the three-way between Suji Kondo, Kosa Minora, and Yuki Yoshioka that's happening on the 24th. Uh, we'll look around. We'll see. We'll see. We got. We we're recording earlier, so we have even more time to search for stuff. So, yeah, uh, we have an extra day. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, we'll figure that out. But uh, that's all we got for you this time, and we'll see you next time.